Am I? Sp yeah, it's okay. Thank you, David. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> it's quite strange that um, what Sally just kind of prayed, because at one point when we were talking about unity uh, or praying about unity, I was remembering the very first time we came here, which wasn't here in the building, but the first time we attended what had become to be called Solihull Christian Fellowship. And as we walked in with our two children, one in a pushchair, I can't remember who was doing the pushing, and one uh, holding the hand of a, a three-year-old, probably she was, and the other one in a pushchair, we came into an atmosphere of worship. Now, God had told me um, about a year before that he wanted us as a couple to come and live in Solihull. And that was a big thing for us because we couldn't really afford a house here. And, but he told us to do that. And we had no idea why, or, or sort of vague idea, why God wanted us to come. Um, and it wasn't until we walked into that worship time um, that we began to feel, oh, God's calling us to be part of this church. And that is a wonderful, wonderful experience to know that God's asking you to come somewhere. And I just want to say briefly, if you're wondering about where to settle, one of the most important things in helping you decide is whether you can be part of a worship community. <laughs> if you can be part of a worshiping community, then that is helping you become part of how God made you to be, because he longs for you to be worshippers. Could you put up my first slide, please, David? Or have you already done so? <clears throat> This morning I want to talk about God's desire for a church. Why did Jesus want a church? What's the purpose? And what are we to, what are we to be like? These are two questions that I hope as I talk, these will come through. What are we to be like and, and what are we called to do? What are we asked to do? Sorry, Dave. This morning demonstrated, because of the Holy Spirit's work, what you saw Craig and Ben do and what Sally did prophetically in asking Mark to act like God. That was a, a picture of one of the things God really wants us to be like. So what are we to be like? That's one of the points. We are to be united. We to work together. Now, I'm going to ask you to join in with me and you tell me what's, what you think, you're going to shout it out, I hope, what you think um, is the answer to that question. What are we to be like? Because I believe that character is much more important than gifting. And what you saw demonstrated was what I know about these fellows in their character. That's why I'm happy for them to be fellow leaders with me. So, 
Anybody want to tell me what you think God's desire for us to be like? Just shout out a word or a phrase. Thank you, humility. Another one? Like Jesus, did you say? Good, I'm repeating it. Okay, that's two. Oh. Forgiving, good, that's like Jesus. Encouraging. Sacrificial. Wow. Unified. Unified, which we've just been talking about, yeah. Pardon? Loving. Loving. Say that again. Integrity. Integrity. Be people of integrity. I like all those. Oh, um, yes. Fruitful. Good. Joyful. I like that one. Well, we all do. Thankful. Prayerful. Thank you. Bold. I like it. Yes. Sorry, because of the laughter, I couldn't quite hear. Obedience. Wow. Aware of what God's saying. Okay. Watchful. All those things I can't argue with at all. And in most of the scriptures I'm going to read to you, I want you to spot all those words because they're all there. Every one of those words that you've said are in the passage of God's word that I'm going to read to you. Amazingly. In other words, you know God's word and that's why it came out of your heart. In, you don't look this up, necessarily have to look this up at the moment, but in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this, through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. I don't know what you think about the word manifold, but he wants his wisdom, God's wisdom, in a whole variety of different ways to be revealed. And how can he do that to the world? How can God's wisdom be known Throughout the world, it's through the church of which you are a part. That's part of his intent. That's part of his purpose. What is our calling is slightly different, but we could say part of our calling is to make known his wisdom. But, come on. Share with me now. Tell me some things about what we are as a church called to be. Worshippers. Thank you. Worshippers. I'm repeating what you're saying. Disciples. Sorry. Uh, say it again. His hands and feet. That's a nice way of putting it. That's our calling. Okay. Anything else? To bind the brokenhearted and set the captives free. Hallelujah. <laughs> to love one another. He's called us to be one body because, as the scripture says, there's one Lord, one spirit, one body. Amen. To share our faith. To share our faith. I hope someone would say that. But yes, to share what we believe, to share that we know God. 
I tell you, that got me into trouble when I was 12 years old and I'd just become a Christian. And my RE teacher said, God doesn't exist, with just a figment of our imagination. And I said to the teacher, I said, I know God. I know he exists because I know him. I speak to him every day. Shut up, young man, or whatever they said. Very interesting. Knowing God does help you. And knowing his purpose, his intent, and our calling as a church, I trust this morning, will help us. And today I'm going to concentrate on the how. I don't know whether my next slide... Oh, let's just have a look what I put up, just my little quick things. The next one, what are we to be like? I think you said all these things, and that's based on Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to just do a study, you'll see all those things, and quite a lot of the other things you've said are there. And the next bit, what is our calling? Okay, I hope we're doing that, because again, that's based on Ephesians 2 and 3. Have we anything that we haven't said? We said about love, we said about knowing his will, to make Jesus known. And the worship one is to be a holy temple. And I think the other thing that I've learnt, and that was the first dynamic thing that I learnt when I joined our church, was the bit that it says, where the Spirit of God dwells. As we walked in, we saw people <laughs> worshipping the Lord that they knew. And that was so attractive for us. And because we knew him as well, and we were drawn into a holy temple where there was a lot of prayer and there was a lot of worship. Now God wants to help us, wants to build all these things. And if um, you've read the notices or, or the thing on the internet that says what I was speaking about, it was to do with the how. How, let's go on to the next one please. Because Christ through his Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And these gifts are to build and encourage and to mature the church and to fulfill that calling that we've just been thinking about. And he's given us people gifts. And that's what I've been asked to talk about. How God gives us people to actually help us grow and mature. And the little phrase that I put at the bottom there, there are two types of people. There are sort of people who serve in, in a church. And there are some who I've put here are really focused on heaven's instructions. Sometimes, like an evangelist, has to be also focused not on just heaven's, what heaven is saying, but on the environment where they are seeking to bring the good news. So you have to, you have to be two ways. But these two characters, or these two types of people, are very important for the building of our church because they are heaven-focused. So what Sally did, she said, let's do something as a prophetic act, which was very much like a prayer. And so she was saying what 
was trying to help us understand what heaven was feeling for these two friends of mine. Heaven wanted to hug them and bless them and help them relax in it. And so as a prophetic, using the prophetic picture or the prophetic act, God was ministering to us all, seeing his purposes. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray now that you will enable us to recognize the role of a prophet and the role of apostle and how we need them to help us grow and continue to please you. Amen. The next slide, please, David. I tried to think about character, so I put, what's the character of a prophet, a godly prophet? Because some people can try to prophesy, and I've met a few that aren't godly. But here we go. This is what they, this is the whole purpose of a prophet. The character of a prophet should be a person who speaks out what God is saying to us, and this is the purpose. And this is based on 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The purpose of a prophet in our midst, or prophecy, or prophetic pictures, our dear friend Andrea is wonderful at having, from time to time, pictures from God which help us understand what God is saying and what God wants to do. But they, it, those are the four things. I think you understand what strengthening means. I think you understand what comfort means and encouragement means. But what's that word? Edifi edification. What does that mean? Don't you don't have to answer it. I'll tell you. The simplest thing is it means you become, as a body, spiritually improved. I'm glad you like the idea of that. Good. Thank you, Lorna. You are edified when people bring prophetic words. That's the one of the purposes of it. And all the other things. Recently, I've not been very well, and a number of people have prophesied over me, and that's been encouraging and also comforting. But at the same time, as those words have been spoken to me, I have been edified. I've been closer to God as a result. And what a prophet can do is to bring us closer to God and we become spiritually improved or edified, to use that word, and are able to please him better. So that's the purpose of a prophet, the character of the prophet. Now, if you go to the next one, one of our first leaders in the church was somebody called Stephen Wood, and a few of us will remember him, and he's been to our church on a few occasions. And uh, he was a wonderful worship leader. I still love being with Stephen when he's playing the piano, and his sons, for that matter. There are two sons who are brilliant musicians and brilliant worship leaders because they draw us close to God. It was a wonderful gift for our church having Steve part of us. And at the same time, what Stephen liked was lots of other prophets. So we got invited to the church, people who were very prophetic. 
they, they were quite strong characters and godly characters. One, for example, was somebody called Arthur Wallace, who those of you who've read quite a bit in the about you know past books, Arthur Wallace was an early um, apostle um, in uh, in helping people understand what churches the new churches would be like. Very godly man. Lots of books he wrote. And I really enjoyed his company. Though he was a very holy man, and it, you had to be on your best behaviour when you were with, with uh, Arthur. And that did me good. But not a, alongside the prophet, we had a pastor in Brian, and we had a wonderful teacher in Alan. Um, so that's just a little bit of background. But I'm going to go on to the next one, please. Somebody else who some, most of you will most of you will remember. Those of you who've been around for a time, Paul Miller. And what I'm saying there, he was Paul Miller was a gift to our church, and he often brought um, prophetic pictures to us as a church and to us as individuals. Um, one, for example, was uh, to do with us being a lighthouse and turning, a, I think it was he that brought it, a lighthouse and become an oil well instead of a lighthouse. That's really good being a light, but we, the, the word that we often use in our documents and things is that we are to be a resource church, and that's what the picture that, um, <laughs> that, Paul, had, thank you, that Paul had for us, that God wanted to uh, turn us into this resource so that something would be drawn up from the Spirit of God to bless this community. So, what else have I said? Um, what I remember of him is that he was a brilliant teacher, and he brought, when he brought a word, you knew it was a word from God, and you knew you had to think about it really carefully. He often said to me, what I'm doing is laying foundations. He would never say, I'm an apostle, but that is a definition of an apostle, in my understanding. It's a person who lays foundations in churches. And that's how Paul Miller really helped us. He laid foundations for us. And but the other thing that some of you will know, because you will have experienced him, he just cared deeply for us, particularly people in ministry. And you could go to him and he would pray with you, and bring encouragement. And when we had difficult issues as uh, elders, he was one that we went to, and he would, he would never say, this is what I think God's saying to you, you've got to do this and that. He would often bring ideas to us to think about things carefully. He was wonderful. And so, though he preferred, as I put there, not to be known as a, a, an apostle, he acted like that and we received him as an apostle speaking into our church. Could go to the next one. This was a dear friend of mine called Philip Moabir. He was like a father to me when I was sort of doing what Ben does for the church. And so during the 80s and 90s, he frequently visited our church and sometimes in his ministry, he, instead of st like standing up here and preaching straight away, he'd say, right, God wants us to do some miracles first. Anybody need a miracle? Who needs a financial miracle? Who needs healing? And he would say, right, let the Spirit of God bring about miracles. 
and the Spirit of God did bring miracles into our community through him. I remember once uh, I had this really difficult decision about my son who was growing up, becoming a teenager, and our bedroom that he was in was, you know, very tiny third bedroom in a semi-detached house. And I, I just thought, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? He needs a much bigger room to, as he's growing up. And uh, so he said, well, let's uh, pray for a miracle. And uh, somebody gave me, or us, I should say, not me, uh, about £3,000 to help develop our house. But it was, it was Philip who gave me the faith to pray for that. Anyway, what else did he do? Well, I think he had real authority, and that was something that I found about his character in an apostolic way. He knew the Word of God, and he knew authority through the Spirit of God, how to apply that into our lives. And he introduced us to lots of other churches across the UK because other people recognised his gifting. And um, Alan and I were part of his apostolic team and we helped create something with him called uh, Connections and then International Connections, which quite a few people then have been to. And so when Sally goes off to Guyana, that's the link with, with Philip. I had prayed as a geography teacher, Lord, I want to have our church relate to a church in the third world. That's one of my prayers in the 1970s. And uh, that prayer was answered when I met Philip because Philip had established Hararuni in the early 80s and we were able to relate. It's a bit like uh, church twinning or, you, or what, when we... Um, when we not toilet twinning, church twinning. Um, when we, um, what do we do when we, we look after a child? What do we call it? Sponsor a child. What's that? It's like a partnership with them, isn't it? And we pray for that child. But I thought it would be wonderful to have a relationship with another church. And we do have relationships with other churches, praise God. But that was a very good one because it was over in a country that most of us hadn't even heard of to start with, in Guyana. Hararuni was what we really got interested in. And as you know, people like Alan and Craig and Sally have been to many of these places. And who's been to Hararuni? Put up your hand. Right? Look at that lot. Look. Now, did you feel, if I could pick on Richard, I like picking on Richard because he's used to it. Did you feel that you had a unity with that church in, or the, the people, the community in Hararuni? Did they make you feel that? Um, yeah, only we didn't spend that much time. No, you went out <laughs> preaching, yes, okay. Okay, but did you feel... It, it, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> anyway, that was Philip. So I'm explaining to you people that I know who are prophetic and people that I know who are apostolic. We better read the scriptures now, then we, because I've given you the the thing. And what does the Bible say about it? I don't know. I don't think we're going on to anything else yet. Oh, yes, there we go. If we, the last bit there. That you've got that for me, David. Thank you. Okay. So um, the next slide, which we won't go on to at the moment, is um, 
called the character of an apostle, but we'll come on to that when we've read the scriptures. So I would like very much for us to read from Ephesians now, and I'm using David's funny version and the LLT, uh, new, yeah, the NLT, um, but you can follow it if you wish. I think I'm going to read from verse 1 of Ephesians 4. So as we read it, see if you can see these words that you've said to me about, because um, my wife's been using this Bible, I now need to find Ephesians. Right, there we go. Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 1. As a prisoner for serving the Lord... I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourself united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourself together with peace. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. We have been called to the same glorious future. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there's only one God and Father who is over all, us all and in us all and living through us all. However, he's given each one of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. Now the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and he gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This means that Christ first came down to the lowly world in which we live. The same one who came down is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that his rule might fill the entire universe. Can we get that into our spirit? That Jesus has ascended to the highest place in order to rule over all the universe. That's his purpose. That's where God's placed him. He's the one, going on verse 11, he is the one who gave gifts to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Until we come to such unity in the faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. And it goes on to express then from verse 14 why he wants us to be mature. Then we'll be no longer like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone's told us something different, or because someone has cleverly lied to us, or make the lie sound like the truth. Instead, 
we hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In that list of people that think that it's called the five-fold ministries, isn't it? The five different people gifts that God gives us, the purpose is to bring us, as we've read that beautiful passage, this work helps us grow healthy. Helps us grow and it helps us be a healthy body. If we go to the next bit, please, the characteristic of an apostle. For this, I've gone to 1 Corinthians, and this is a very quick run-through in two minutes of what Paul, when he's explaining to the Corinthians about his role as an apostle. He said, I rely not on my brain, but on the Spirit's power. That's what an apostle should do when they're amongst us. It's to do with the power of God demonstrated in what's being taught, what's being preached, what's being imbibed to us. We talked about God's wisdom. So this is just in 1 Corinthians 2. Things we get taught are not taught from other people's books, but taught by the Spirit of God. So that we as a body know with assurance the mind of Christ. That's a mark or a character of an apostle. Laying foundations, I've already talked about that. And I certainly found uh, fatherly care from the apostolic people that we've met. There's another section, I think. Now, as 1 Corinthians goes on, you see that he brings correction into that church where things have gone haywire. And all the rest of the chapter is amazing teaching uh, and correction, making us know how to... Um, how to behave within the church. So, for instance, when prophetic gifts and when, when God stirs up prophetic gifts, we need some guidance as to how that happens. Do you know what Paul taught about in a meeting how many, how many prophetic words we should get? Anyone know? Two or three is what he says. Two or three, thank you. And then the rest of us weigh, it says, what that prophet is saying. We don't want a whole row, about 10, 15 different prophetic words or pictures. We need to hear what God's saying to us. And so that's one of the sort of teaching. He taught about the breaking of bread and he taught about the resurrection, which many Christians, believe it or not, find hard to believe. But they taught about that. That's the mark or that's the character of an apostle. What's next? You'd like to go on to the next one, thank you, to help me. 
Ah, this is where I want to end. And I don't know whether you can do what I want to do, but I'd like you to think, do we need prophets or prophetic, do we stir up the prophetic gift within Solihull Christian Fellowship? Do we need that? If you think so, right, okay, that's one thing. Do we need apostolic care in the way that I've outlined, outlined it? Yes? Some of you are saying yes. Okay. So this is what David Watt would like to declare over our church, but I'd like you most of all to think, can, I, can, we, can we declare this and can we pray this? So I'll just go over it. We declare that the church, that could be our church, but it's generally or all the, the world church as well, we declare the church is built on the fivefold servant ministries to equip us for works of service. Okay, so we declare that. And then we, are called, we want to call out, in other words, we're going to heaven and we're calling this out. We would like an anointing to come amongst us of apostles who can help us lay foundations and can help us, this is the really exciting thing, change the spiritual atmosphere. There's, um, there's a building along here um, and I think it's called Shirley Community Centre. Is that what it's called? Okay. When God showed me that our church should have a building in the centre of Shirley, I was thinking, well, what can we hire? And for a number of years, we hired uh, that building for our meetings. And as we started meeting there, we were surprised because a whole group of people who were spiritualists came and joined us. And I thought, oh dear, that's a bit dangerous. They were all sitting at the back and we thought, we don't want them joining us if they're going to bring their teaching. And they sat there, and I shared this with the apostle at the time, which was dear Philip, and he said, don't worry, David. And I thought, well, I'm worried. He said, don't worry, David. What they're trying to do is grab more of the spirit that they realize you've got. And I thought, oh, that's a good way of looking at it, Phil. Thank you. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the spiritual atmosphere that our church was providing for the community. So that was just a little illustration because we're going to pray so that we, as a body, are given gifts of through people to change the spiritual atmosphere in this place. And we've prayed that many times, haven't we? Yeah, good. Finally, we can pray that the Lord Jesus blesses us with apostolic fathers who not only are for us, but can affect the whole region around. How many people want to... Join me in this particular declaration. Thank you. Would you, if you want to, stand, if you can read it off there. If you can't, you'll have to move uh, if people are in the way, tall people in the way. But let's declare this if you believe it, okay? We'll start with this then. We declare that the church is built on the fivefold servant ministries to equip us for works of service. We call out the anointing 
to lay foundations and to change the spiritual atmosphere. who will support the body here and in the West Midlands. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. It's 12 o'clock. Now, if any of you want to pray your own prayer, we've got Sally ready with the mic. If, well, she's in, it's right there by her. If you want to pray, I'll, I'll close us in a moment, but if you want to pray a specific prayer about what I've been sharing, Please just raise your hand and Sally will come to you and then we can all hear what your prayer is. So let's just have a short time of prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone in this uh, church that you would reveal by your spirit um, the gifting that you've placed within each person and, and which part of that fivefold ministry that you call each of us to, Lord. Awaken that within our hearts and, and stir us, Lord, towards um, nurturing those gifts by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will specifically speak to those who have disqualified themselves from being part of those ministries and I pray that you'll stir your spirit in power in them to call them back and to raise them up according to your good and pleasing will in the name yes. of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for what David has done in gently and beautifully sharing with us something of our history which illustrates the um, giftings um, that David has outlined from Scripture. I thank you, Father, for the fact that he is reopening the wells, uh, with this, which is our heritage, that in some degree have become blocked in the past. But now, through his declaration of truth, you are reopening the wells. And Lord, we just open ourselves to say we gladly receive all that you are going to bring to us as a consequence of what David has shared. That he has spoken something into the heavenly places and brought heaven down to us and that there will be an opening, a release of gr in greater measure of uh, the things that he has described. And we say, Lord, we are welcoming and we are prepared to welcome all that you're going to do in this place. Thank you that alongside um, these giftings, uh, we have a heritage of fellowship, yes. of family, of community, of looking out for one another, caring for one another, doing things together. And so these two things are something that you're going to restore to us, a family and a powerful spiritual um, community of people that declare your praises and attract others. Thank you for what you're going to do. And we say we are ready to receive all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday, as we were worshipping here as a team, I had a picture of um, an underground network of pipes 
flowing out from this, from this building under our foundations, going right the way across the whole community. And as we were praising, I could see the goodness of God and the love of God and the mercy of God going out from this place. And as this declaration says, changing the spiritual atmosphere. So, Father God, I want to thank you that as a people, we gather together to worship you. It makes a difference in this community. We thank you, Lord, that as we are called to declare your praise and to lift the name of Jesus high in this place, that makes a difference. So, God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to worship in freedom and in truth. And we thank you for all that you are doing, unseen and seen, through that in this place. For your glory. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will help us see those that we are in relationship with, who have, who have that apostolic gift. Lord, whom we might lean upon, who will help us lay the foundations for the next phase of the church. Lord, I pray that you would stir up the prophetic gift in people, Lord Jesus, in Solihull Christian Fellowship. Lord, increase our ability to hear what you are saying. Lord, as well, I pray that you would call up uh, and raise up those that you have called to be prophets. Lord, not only for us, Lord Jesus, but for this nation as well. In your precious name. Amen. Lord, I just give you thanks and praise. I declare your protection over this, your beloved, beloved family of believers. I give you thanks and praise, God, that you will equip us and that your hand of favor would rest upon us, Lord God. Let us not forget Let us not forget, Lord God, your protection through all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Father, I just want to thank you for our children. I want to thank you that they are active in the church. And it's not something for them to grow into, but they're really busy for you now. And that they are learning about these things, and they're learning about these gifts. And um, that they are... They are willing and able to serve you. Amen. Yes, thank you, Lord. Amen. And now, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus, all that's pleasing to him, Jesus, our great shepherd of the sheep, who by an everlasting covenant with his blood, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank Lots you, of David. Plates of things. Thank you, David, so much. Okay, uh, welcome, children. Um, okay, two things. One is uh, Mark and Mary, Mary, Mandy. Mark and Mandy were celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary yesterday. They are really sad that not everybody was able to come because they just couldn't get 
They've got such big families. So they were saying, oh, we really wanted our church family here, but we just wouldn't have fitted in. So apologies if you weren't invited to their celebration. However, there is some cake left over. So with your coffee, you can have a, a celebration piece of cake. And the other thing is, don't forget, we're having our picnic. If you haven't brought anything, then please avail the supermarkets around us, get a sarni, come back and just join us for picnic Sunday. The Lord bless you, keep you, may his face shine upon you during this week. Amen.